This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, back in the studios for the next couple hours. Unnecessary roughness in your ear hole. DeMond Cotton, your boy Q, going to hold it down for the next couple hours, then pass the sticks on to my guy Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle. 4 to 6 p.m. He'll hold it down. And it's coming off the heels of JT the Brick. We just held it down for the last couple hours. And, of course, our guy Clay Baker, morning tailgate, started things off this morning, 7 a.m. with Heidi Fang. So, uh, yeah, we, we coming at you. Uh, ready to go. Excited, fired up, as always, and uh, ready to hear from you throughout the course of the show. Ready to give some stuff out and got some good guests to come up on the show as well today. Uh, I do want to start off the show talking about a, a signing that the Raiders just made. Uh, just came down the pipe that uh, Craven LeBlanc, uh, defensive back, a slot corner, a veteran slot corner. Uh, basically, it's Dave Ziegler's first signing. So there you go. He's, uh, he's a guy that's some depth. I've seen some people on Twitter talking about, oh, great signing, great signing. I think it's, I mean, it's a, it's a signing. <laughs> it's a signing. He hasn't done a whole lot in his uh, in his professional career. Uh, 118 total tackles, two sacks, two forced fumbles, 18 pass deflected, two interceptions, a defensive touchdown. He's been in the league or around the league since about 2016, so he's not bad. Not a bad player, but uh, just just one of those guys that that you sign at this time of year. February is made for that as they get ready to prepare for uh, for free agency and all that good stuff. You start to sign these guys, get them on the reserve future deal, and uh, he's a guy that's very familiar with the Patriots, so you can see why Dave Ziegler was already familiar with them. So uh, there you go, Cravon LeBlanc, and I hope I'm saying his name correctly, and if I'm not, well, then my bad. I'd say LeBlanc. I'd give him that French rope. Okay, French. yeah, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Actually, it is LeBlanc. My, my bad. And it's funny It's funny you say that because I had a barber in my barbershop back in Texas that was last name was LeBlanc. I don't know why I got that wrong. Uh, his name was Ivan. But uh, Craven LeBlanc. Let's put it like that. I'm going to give it the full name because this is like, yo, this name, this is a good name. His parents were like, you're going to be somebody. Craven LaShad LeBlanc. Oh, yeah, there you go. Fancy. I like that. I like that. That's what you're here for, Demond. You're here for the fancy names, right? <laughs> There you go. I wonder if he speaks any French. Uh, hey, man. <laughs> you know, if he's anything like me, his name has probably been reduced to a letter. Hey, C, come on over here, man. Just Cray. Or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or maybe Vaughn. Yeah, yeah. Yo, Vaughn. Yeah, it's probably Vaughn. Yep, exactly. There you go. So, uh, Cravon LeBlanc. How about that? Uh, there you go. I made it sound even fancier. <laughs> yeah, huh? That's how you got to say it. That's exactly how you got to say it. So, there you go. He's uh, been signed by Dave Ziegler and the Raiders. Uh, again, it's a reserve future deal, and, and that's what you're going to hear uh, coming up. You know, you'll, you'll see a, a bunch of these. And, and really, once the season got wrapped up, you saw the Raiders make a bunch of those moves. But uh, this is the latest and the greatest one that they have made as of right now. But there'll, there'll be more. So, there you go. He was a free agent back in uh, 2016, an uh, undrafted free agent uh, out of Florida Atlantic. So if you want to do a little bit of research on him. Uh, again, he's he's been around the league for a while. Patriots, Bears, Lions, Eagles, Dolphins, Texans, Patriots. But if I acted like uh, that I just knew how great he was or that this was a great sign and great player, I'd be lying to you. Uh, again, don't know a whole lot about him. Just kind of did a little bit of research before the show started in and uh, saw that LeBlanc was was the guy. So there it is. Uh, we'll see more of these moves before it's all said and done. Coming up on the show today, just got a couple guests that I want to get to that I'm excited about as we turn the page from the regular season and the Super Bowl to what's going to go on post postseason. And that's obviously uh, the 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 
draft is going to be coming up at the end of April. Uh, they got un, un, the, the free agency is going to get started. I'm sure at some point I'm going to be able to spit it out at some point. <laughs> but free agency is going to get started pretty soon and the draft. So uh, coming up at 2.30, Josh Edwards from CBSSports.com. He's going to join us. He, he put out a piece on CBS Sports about the draft and, and the draft order and just basically went through the team needs. You know, with, with every team in the league, what they needed. And if I look at the Raiders, I look at, okay, I think that they need a cornerback off top. I think that they need a wide receiver. And this is just draft needs. I'm saying wide receiver, corner. I would say tackle, um, I would say linebacker, and what else would you say? Is that, that about it, or you think there's more? All right, so you said receiver. You said corner. Corner, receiver, um, tackle, and linebacker. Someone say maybe a safety, that uh, just in case safety, safety. Safety, no, no, not just in case safety, a safety as well. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. That's a, that's a good one too. So corner, safety, wide receiver, linebacker, and tackle, I would say are probably the, the areas of – desire for the Raiders to address in the draft. Now, I'm not saying they're not going to address that during free agency. I'm just saying that at the end of the day, they need to address that uh, during during the draft as well. So Josh Edwards from CBSSports.com, he's going to join us at 2.30 to talk about that. Then at 3.15, I had an con- uh, opportunity last night to catch up with Zachariah Branch. He's been on the show before, Bishop Gorman wide receiver, USC commit, and he, uh, he he's going to talk about what he's got going on ever since he made the commitment to USC. Looking forward to his national signing day in either December or February as he's a member of the class of 2023. His brother Zion's a member of the class of 2022. He's already signed his letter of intent to go to USC. But, of course, we'll talk to him about Cliff Branch and what it means for him to get into the, the Hall of Fame, as, as he told us on the show, that, uh, you know, if, if Cliff didn't get in, then, then uh, his, his, him and his brother were going to get in for him. So, uh, Zachariah, like I said, I got a chance to talk to him last night. Uh, you'll hear that conversation coming up at 3.15. And those are the only guests that we have coming up on the show today. That's it. Uh, as, as, you know, the offseason kicks in to gear, we'll probably have, you know, two to three guests a day, and that, that's about it. It won't be uh, a whole lot of guests, and, and some days it will. I, mean, I guess I, I shouldn't say that because some days it'll, it'll just pop up that, hey, this is an important guest. Let's go ahead and get that. But um, we enjoy the talk. We enjoy just talking around here as well <laughs> and enjoy throwing out topics out there and, and uh, you know, just hearing from you as well, Raider Nation. So 702-365-9200, uh, that's the Raider Nation listener line. Of course, the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And I forgot to mention that coming up at 3 o'clock, we'll have cover three NFL news and notes of the day. Just take a little scatter shot around the league and see what's going on uh, with different teams. But that'll come up at 3 o'clock as we're trying to consistently do that on the daily. But wanted to get into the opening drive and kind of a, a playoff of what we were talking about yesterday, looking at the Raiders and their free agents that they have and who's going to be a priority guy and we rattled off a lot of different names well this was actually perfect timing because all of a sudden uh, pro football focus had their top 200 free agents and five of the Raiders made their top 200 only five so I wanted to go through these five guys and out of these five guys do you see any priorities in these guys. And then I'll even tell you they, they put down what they think that these players are going to receive on the open market as far as uh, their, their potential contracts. And we'll discuss that as well. So uh, let's go ahead and jump right into it. And we'll start at the, the bottom. How about that? We'll work our way up. At number 182 out of 200, you have Deshaun Jackson, wide receiver. Contract projection, according to Pro Football Focus, one year, $3 million, $1.75 million total guaranteed. Um, Damon, I ask you, and of course, Raider Nation, I want to hear from you as well. 
Is Deshaun Jackson at one year, $3 million, 1.75 guaranteed, is that someone you'd bring back? Nope. And I mean, I feel I will expand upon it, but yeah, please do. I just don't, it's radio. <laughs> it's radio. Nope. One word answers don't work. Next one. Right. Next. No, I just don't think his production value is like the way he was a little banged up. He is getting a little older. Maybe his body just can't sustain like to hold up for an NFL season anymore. And I just don't think that I hate that. I hate this phrase so much. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. Someone else might be just as good for three million. Right, I got you, I, and and I agree. I agree. I don't maybe have some more upside. I don't think he's a guy that you bring back. I really don't. Uh, there wasn't really too much that you saw from him outside of the Dallas Cowboy game. You didn't see anything else from him when with his short time with the Raiders. And I just I don't think it clicked, you know. And and that's unfortunate. I like D. Jackson. I think I like his. I do like his speed, but I just don't feel like it really fit. So uh, I'd pass on him as well. They said the bottom line when it comes to Jackson, he's been a consistent elite deep threat for his entire career. Even at his age, he's likely still a plus option for a team that needs to add speed to their offense. Given his age and recent history, it might take a while for them to pull the trigger, though. So uh, that's what Pro Football Focus had to say about Deshaun Jackson. Both you and myself say no. Yeah, so I think that if another team, if you're a team that just thinks, hey, we're that piece away, we would like an extra deep threat, he's a perfect guy to add on. If you can get him for cheap, right? If you're Kansas City, yeah, man, you know, maybe if he gives us those five touchdowns a year, great. But if you need, if you're looking for him to be a number How one, how many did he get with the Raiders? He, one, he got yes. that one, right? Okay, yeah, I know he didn't have a lot of action, but I'm saying like maybe if he plays the whole 17 right. games for sure, if he gives you like five good ones, you're right. like, hey, it, maybe it was worth it, right? But I if got you're looking you. for him to be at even a number two, right? Not worth it. All right, so that was that was number 182 out of 200. Number 166, linebacker KJ Wright. Projection, one year, $2.5 million, $1.75 total guarantee. Bottom line on him, they said Wright has been one of the best linebackers of his generation, but is coming off a weak year and is 32 years old. He may be able to bounce back, but his role may now be limited to a two-down specialist. And I'll start with this one. I was so excited about the signing of K.J. Wright. Man, I was fired up about that. I thought that that was going to be a home run. And Denzel Perryman, as we all know, ended up being the home run. He ended up being the dude, went to the Pro Bowl, did some damn good things with the Raiders in that defense. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, K.J. Wright's a, a no-go in my book either. I do think that you bring him back because okay. also I felt like maybe the scheme wasn't that good enough for him. Well, not good enough for it him. It was a scheme but he was, knows. But I don't know. I felt like they didn't that use him enough. That was his scheme. That's I why we like, all got excited about well, him. I felt like he didn't get used enough. He didn't get enough opportunities to show what he could still do. And I also think that he's a good locker room guy. I'm not saying that Deshaun Jackson isn't, but he is one of those guys where it's just his numbers, like they speak for themselves. Okay. Sometimes, like Richie Incognito last year, he was in. He obviously he didn't play it down. No, but you just want to keep you got to keep some of those guys around in the locker room. Okay, all right. So KJ Wright for you is a, is a yes for me. It's a no. I cut him, uh, or not cut him, but just don't resign him. That's simple as that. At number one twenty two, wide receiver Zay Jones, contract projection three years, eighteen million, nine point two five million total guaranteed. Bottom line on Jones, according to Pro Football Focus, Jones produced the best stretch of play of his career with an increased workload down the stretch in 2021. There's some risk if it was just a blip or an actual turning point, but he can catch the ball and move the chains effectively, making him a worthwhile risk as a number three option. Thoughts on Zay Jones? I feel like we need a cab guy on because I'm like, is eight, is that a lot? Oh, we got that coming up. Yeah, got, I mean, that, I, late, I don't know. Late, I don't know. I'm just we saying, playing like, this stuff out me, well. For me speaking right now, because I might have to eat these words in a week or two, I, I don't know if he's worth that much. Um, I'll say this. What did I'm leaning towards? No, as what did right, Aguilar was, get last no. year? Three, he got 15 million a year from. Yeah, from, he got 15 million a year. Right, exactly. So uh, I'll look at this. I'll say that I'll take it from here with Zay Jones. I didn't think I, yesterday. I didn't. I didn't include him on, in my priorities. 
But he did come on down the stretch. You know, he did come on down the stretch. And like the piece says here, uh, he can move the chains. He's got some speed. Not, I mean, he's not elite speed, but he's got some speed. He's got some really good, uh, you know, route runs that route running that he does. Uh, he's obviously got a good relationship with Derek Carr. I don't think six. I don't think six million a year is a whole lot for a wide receiver, a, a good wide receiver. Again, not elite, but I think that he could be. He could be that guy that plays that Seth Roberts role where he's just like like they say in here a, a third a third wide receiver. So you have your number 1 guy, you have Hunter Renfro, and then you have Zay Jones. And I don't know what that means for Brian Edwards cuz he's obviously not in any of those guys that I just mentioned. I don't know what that means for him, but I, I would be okay with that. I like that. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to bringing him back, but like you said, he is a gr- a good glue guy. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of the same guy that you talked about KJ Wright being. He's he's that guy for me, but he has production. Where, unfortunately, again, I like KJ a lot, and I was excited about him uh, signing with the team. I just don't think that the production was there to fit. So, And really, like you said, they didn't use him that much. You know, There's so many times where he'd be on the sideline with his helmet on, standing next to the coach, ready to go in. Just, I just don't know. It, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't for him. It wasn't in the bag for him. So that was number 122, Zay Jones. Again, we're going over the pro football focus, top 200 as far as Raider, uh, Raider free agents. They have five on that list. We've gone through three of them. Final two, at number 60, Marcus Mariota, quarterback. Contract projection, one year, $8 million fully guaranteed. They say the bottom line is Mariota is a former number two overall draft pick, and the NFL struggles to give up on that kind of prior evaluation for a player. He flashed talented and limited snaps with the Raiders, and it might just be enough to convince the team without a quarterback in 2022 to roll the dice on him one last time. At the very least, he should be a coveted backup option. This is where it starts to get sticky. You don't have a lot of money to play with if you're the Raiders. Right now, they only have about 20-something million dollars in, in salary cap space. $8 million fully guaranteed for Marcus Mariota. Not a chance. And it's also good for him. Maybe he sees he can look at the landscape of the league and say, hey, I, I think I could beat out this guy if it's a battle. Because with Derek Carr, that extension coming up, you got to pay him that big-time money. Where these this past contract, it was feasible. Hey, he's on a team-friendly deal, so we can afford to have an expensive backup. If you give him that extension, he's got to be the be the guy, and you can't have an expensive backup anymore. Okay, all right, there you go. You got you say no to Marcus Mariota, and I, man, I'm telling you, I've been all season long. I'm like, what has he done for you? What has he done for you? There's a part of me that really says. Bring him back. You know, there's there's a part of me that says bring him back. You're the main guy. He can and, never stay healthy. I know. I'm the main guy, and I feel like I'm falling for a banana in the tailpipe. I'm feel I feel like I'm falling. I'm drinking the Kool Aid right now, and I'm thinking, oh man, he could be a really good backup. Oh, you could do this. Like I feel like I'm pressing the reset button. You know, you're you're losing in Madden. You're on the sticks and you're losing, and you get mad. You just press reset and do, want to run it back. I almost feel like I want to do that. My brain is telling me no, Q. That's not a good investment. But it's like my heart saying. Oh, but man, what if it was? You know what I mean? What if they were able to use him? What if he was able to come in and, and, and do something? I know there's some people in Raider Nation that, hell, they, they say bring him at that contract and let him be the starter. I, and I'm not that guy. But I guarantee you there's some folks that would say that right now. Oh, yeah, let him go ahead and be the starter. Sign him for one year and then and then roll the dice somewhere. That's 13 attempts, 87 rushing yards for the people that's like, oh, what he provides in right, the run game. Right. Not a lot. Not a lot. And he got injured after the very first run of the season, right? The first run he had on that Monday night against Baltimore. 31 yards, yep. All right. My brain is, is my brain has been overruled. No. I hope I gave you some, some you numbers did, to you back did, up. You did, yeah. No, no, no. Just say no, Q. Just say no. But I'm telling you, I was tempted. You see how it was, man. I was tempted. 
If the Raiders had a little bit extra money under the salary cap, I think I would have rolled the dice with it. But given the fact that I'm trying to budget here, I'm trying to ball on a budget, I'm going to go ahead and tap out on that one. So uh, Marcus Mariota is a, is, a, is a healthy no for me. And the final one, I don't think this should come as a surprise from anybody, number 25, Casey Hayward. This surprised me, though. Contract projection, one year, $8 million fully guaranteed. I'm actually kind of surprised by that. I thought with what, oh, no, excuse me, one year, $6.5 million fully guaranteed. I'm actually surprised by that, though. I thought that with the play that he did and had in 2021, that he'd actually get offered a, a, a multi-year contract, two- to three-year deal. But this is saying that they believe he's only going to get a one-year, $6.5 million fully guaranteed contract. The bottom line that they gave him, Hayward has shown that he still has something left in the tank this season for Las Vegas. Grading out as one of the best quarterbacks in football. The cliff is nearing as Hayward pushes into his 30s, but he should still be able to provide quality starting play for a zone-heavy defense in 2022. And I think that that last sentence right there at the end is what got me to say no. I mean, I think everyone liked what they saw from Casey Hayward in uh, in 2021, but that zone-heavy defense in 2022, I don't believe that's what you're going to see from the silver and black under Patrick Graham. I don't believe you're going to see a zone-heavy defense. So for that, I don't think that'd be good money spent. I also, I think it'd be good money spent. Well, for anyone who wants to sign him for $6.5 million, it wouldn't be that big of a risk. But if what you're saying, if the Raiders aren't going to use that that kind of cover scheme with Patrick Graham, then yeah, don't bring him back. But I don't think that that money is a bad deal. One year? I don't think so either. Yeah. No, I think it's very reasonable money. But if, but if, but if they're moving to a way, uh, he's not going to fit in this style. Right. Yeah, obviously, let him go. But that money's not bad. No, the money's not bad at all. That's why I was shocked by the money. I thought, one year, 6.5? That's nothing. That's really, I mean, that's really nothing for a corner, especially when you're in a pass-happy league. And then, that's what he did last year. That's a steal. It is. I would like to see him get get his hands on a couple more, uh, couple more balls and take them the other way. He had one. Could have had a couple. But, I mean, there was, like, pro football focus. It was one of those stats, like, he's grading out the most. He hasn't allowed a ton to be caught on him. He had that for, like, a good seven, eight weeks. For most of the season. I think he had it for most of the season. He did a damn good job. I don't want anyone to get it twisted. Casey Hayward did a damn good job for the Raiders. I just don't think that the scheme is going to be the same. And I think that they really need to go in a direction of getting uh, as close to a lockdown guy as, as possible. You know, a guy with a little bit more speed, uh, and I think that they're going to play more more man-to-man, more bump and run at the line of scrimmage. I think I just think that that's the direction that they're going to go with Patrick Graham, and so uh, I, I don't think that that's going to be, I don't think he's going to suit the Raiders' scheme as much as he did uh, a season ago under Gus Bradley. Again, I would not be shocked to see him end up in, in Indianapolis where, where Gus Bradley's at now. I would not be shocked at all. And India has a pretty damn good defense and a really good secondary right now, but uh, this is a, a perfect scheme fit, and I could totally see him making that move. So uh, those are the guys right there. So I ask you, out of all those guys, as myself and Demond just broke them down, are there any priorities out of those guys? Would you prioritize any of them? So Demond, you said, who did you say yes to? You said yes to Deshaun Jackson. No, 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 no. You no. said yes to KJ. Wright. I said yes to KJ Wright, and then that was it. And I'm a maybe on Zay Jones. Okay. Leaning towards no, but if they do bring him back, I'd be like, all right, that's smart. Okay, I, I'm a yes on Zay Jones. I'm a yes on Zay Jones, and I was almost tempted to say yes on Marcus Mariota, but I just, I just, I resisted the temptation. You got to think, think about it. I had to turn and run away, man. Just say no. It's that like Mariota package, boy. It was so tempting to people. It's this like past <laughs> season. It's like your your ex is calling you. And be like, remember how many good times we had? Oh yeah, I do. That's right. I also remember how many bad times we had. There's a reason why you're my ex, right? Oh, it's also like when someone is hop- hyping up the spot, 
You know about that Mariota package? The Mar- I, ain't, I ain't had the Mariota package. You how good can it be? Right. And then it's like you go you go to the spot. And it's like so this is the Mariota package, huh? Uh, right, right. So this is what you've been talking about. You this can is stay what home. you're telling me, <laughs> right? All right, so Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. Let me know about it. 702-365-9200. Out of those five guys, Casey Hayward, Marcus Mariota, Zay Jones, KJ Wright, and Deshaun Jackson, who, if any of those guys, are you coming? Are you bringing back? Let me know about it. Again, 702-365-9200. And then the Salmon Ash text line, wide open like some old school TV antenna, 69187, keyword R&R. You want to go ahead and start things off? We got, we got my man, Passionate Raider, standing by. Passionate Raider, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What's up, guys, man? Hey, hey, Q, you're not doing Marcus dirty, man. Marcus didn't do nothing to us but come out and try to ball and play when he got the opportunity to. The only thing I like about Marcus was he knew when he came here he was hurt. And he needed, like, when he got that first game against the Chargers, he came out in that interview and he expressed how much the Raiders helped him out mentally through his injury, thinking he couldn't do it again. But I still think the guy has something left in the tank. And if you don't remember me a couple weeks ago, we need to have a reliable backup quarterback this year coming with this new coaching staff. I don't, I don't believe it will be Marcus, but it's going to have to be somebody who can step in and play if something is to happen because we cannot be without a reliable backup. But I'm bringing back Zay Jones and K.J. Wright. K.J. Wright for the simple fact of how he took he – I believe he was one of the biggest pieces in holding that team together during the midseason collapse. Because once he came and took over at that practice, like Heidi said, where Derek tried to say something, she said K.J. Wright stepped up and said, I'll take it from here. You know, you notice that defense got real locked in and focused. And Zay Jones, Zay Jones is just a baller. We know he's not number one material, but like Derek said, you're not going to find a harder working guy going out there to put that work in. And, And just from all the times he was mic'd up and whatnot, the way he talked with the coach, Zay Jones is a, is a type of dude that you don't find too often, and he's a locker room guy. That's what I think. Thanks for taking my call, Q. Have a good day. All right, hold on. Don't go. Wait, hold on. Yet, I want to ask you real quick about Marcus Mariota because you you mentioned him and you mentioned us doing them doing them dirty. I agree with everything you said about a reliable backup. My problem with Marcus Mariota is his availability, and he wasn't available that much with the Raiders. And at eight million dollars, if you give him an eight million dollars fully guaranteed contract, that to me seems a little rich. Yeah, I, I do agree. I do agree. His 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 injury was unfortunate. I mean, I, I mean, the dude came out running thirty one yard play. He got jacked pretty good. But when he come back from that, every time he came in, he did what he was supposed to do, and he had passion behind it when he did it. Like he loved it when he got those one yards for the first downs. Look how happy he was. He, I mean, it, that's it good. Is a that's pricey, true. But but, you know, I believe the guy's going to get a shot somewhere. And I'd like to see him do well, man. I mean, he's got the heart. He's got the passion. But one thing I will say, Q, is when I was at that last game, I seen Marcus. I went straight in. I didn't stay out on tailgate. I went right in, and I seen Marcus. And I seen Nathan Peter warming up. Peterman. Nice. nice. Peterman is a big boy. Tell me he's not. <laughs> that dude is a big boy with a freaking cannon. He was on the other side of the 50 at the 35 dropping dimes to, to Edgar Bennett on a rope. Nice. Boom, boom. And he's fast, and he, he's bigger than what I thought he was. Is he a backup material? I don't know, but I just think the, 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 the quarterback room needs to keep kind of close together from what they've had because Derek just needs some, some I don't know, what's the word I want to say, the, uh, to keep it to, – to keep it, um, What do you mean? He, he needs some competition? Continuity. 
He needs a continuity of a, a how do you say Continuity. Continuity, yeah. He needs that continuity in that room so they can fall back and help each other out. Because, you know, they, they are learning a new offense. This is all going to be new to these guys. So I, I just think that backup quarterback position, that, that is going to be one of the key positions that we're going to have to get figured out moving forward this year. Perfect. Hey, thank you for the call. Great stuff. Great explanation. Breakdown. I like that. And, hey, don't feel bad about that continuity word. I, I mess up words all the time, my man. There's words that DeMond looks at me like, come on, man. Come no, on. but I saw in your face because you was like, it was like almost like, I know this one. <laughs> You lit up a little bit. Yeah, I did. I got excited. I was like, man, I can, I can answer this one. You know what I mean? I got family that they'd get to that word and be like, hard word. That's what they'd say. <laughs> Let's go out one more time before we hit Josh Edwards from CBSSports.com. Let's talk to our guy, Fargo Raider. Welcome to the show, my man. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for taking my call, Q and Demond. Hope y'all are doing well. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit uh, one position you didn't uh, talk about that I think we do need to address also is the guard position. Um, with good coming back off a knee injury, I would like to see us have another another guy that could possibly fill in on either side in a guard position. For that, I, I personally like the tackle out of NDSU, Dylan Radden. He's a good pickup in the draft if he falls into the later rounds, and that's a very Raider kind of pick. You know, low-risk, high-reward kind of guy, good with his feet, good with his hands, and, you know, he, he plays with a little attitude, and I like that. Now, okay. as far as those five guys you were talking about, MMA, I, I can't do it, man. How are you going to have a backup who's hurt more than the starter? Having him as a backup is basically saying that if Carr goes down, the starter is Peterman. I know that PR just said he's a big boy, but they don't win games judged on size. It's skill. So I'm not going to leverage my future because he looks good throwing passes when there's no defense on the field. I want a guy that I can count on. So if Peterman's going to be the guy, where are we going to? Where are we even going to pay MMA? I was out week one. He did get hit, but you get hit on every play. It's the NFL. They don't hit you hard. They they wouldn't be there, you know. So you're going to take one run and then be out for be on IR. I think he was one of the first guys on IR. Oh yeah, dude has made a glass. I can't have that. Now Zay Jones, it, he could be brought back if it's a good deal for us, especially if we don't pick up a star wide receiver. As long as somebody teaches them to track a ball, dude's gold. That was my only beef with Zay Jones. When they, when they would go deep to him, he would lose the ball in the air, and you could see. And that's why I think Carr's floaters sometimes lingered in the air to give him a chance to spot the ball and come back to it. And some of those actually drew penalties when he would come back to the ball, right? which is a good thing. Yep. I think Jackson also would be a good pickup if we don't pick if or a resign if we don't pick up a star guy because he was building a rapport with uh with Carr and we know that Carr is big on trust. So it would take time for him to develop trust with new guys and I don't think we have time to be learning uh or teaching guys how to be trusted by the by the quarterback. Uh, okay. Those are my two cents, guys. You guys have a good one. Thank you for taking my call. Appreciate you, my man. Appreciate you. Uh, no doubt about it. And I agree with you with Marcus Mariota, even though, like I said, I was t- I was tempted. Uh, my man DeMond really kind of talked me out of that. He, he he talked me off the ledge. I was tempted on bringing him back. Uh, that money's just too rich for the availability. It's not there. I agree with Zay Jones. I think that that's a, a big one. I don't agree with Deshaun Jackson. I just don't think that there was enough to to justify, even if it's a very minimal deal. I just don't think it was enough 
to justify. Uh, we got one text here, that, and then we'll take a break. Raider Richie from Arizona hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R. Yes to Zay Jones. Coach McDaniels will surely know how to maximize his skills. And that's another thing. Uh, going back to Fargo's call, Zay Jones isn't the deep guy that's going to track the ball like you mentioned. But he does have a role that he could play where he's going across the middle. He's going to, you know, sideline to sideline. He's those intermediate routes. He's that He could be that guy that I was expecting Brian Edwards to be. Maybe he could be that dude. So that's something to sit there and think about. As far as your tackles that you were talking about in guards, we'll do that next. We'll talk about that next. Uh, Josh Edwards from CBSSports.com. He's going to join the show. Also, I got another guest that just confirmed we're going to have him at 3.30. I'll tell you about that in a little bit as well. But Josh Edwards, CBSSports.com. He's up first. He'll join us next on Raider Nation Radio. 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Joining us now on the phone lines from CBSSports.com is Josh Edwards. You can find him on Twitter at EdwardsCBS. And, Josh, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And you had a piece out the other day on CBSSports.com about every team's first-round picks. They're set after Super Bowl 56. You had the order and kind of basically let it be known what teams needed. So I wanted to pick your brain about number 22. That's the Raiders, of course, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. That's where our focus is. And you had team needs, wide receiver, offensive guard, uh, center, uh, linebacker, defensive tackle. And then you you broke down the notable free agents, D-tackle, Solomon Thomas, linebacker, K.J. Wright, wide receiver, Deshaun Jackson, quarterback, Marcus Mariota, and guard, Richie Incognito. So uh, when you look at the Raiders at number 22 and you look at the team needs, where do you think that they should go? What would be your target? Sitting at 22 is kind of a tough spot. It is, but I think there's going to be plenty of options available to them there. Um particularly probably the interior defensive line, maybe wide receiver. Um, at that stage of the first round, I think Alabama's Jamison Williams will probably still be there. Ohio State's Chris Olave should still be there at that point. Uh, and then maybe Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, um, you know, some of those other wide receivers that could still be available there at that stage. As far as the interior defensive line, I'm probably looking at those Georgia guys. Uh, that's Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis, who is more of a zero technique, um, which the Raiders have traditionally employed over the recent um, years. I don't know how that that might change moving forward, but uh, there's going to be some options. I mean, this team has a lot of needs. In all you know, honesty, they're probably not going to be able to fill them all this offseason. Um, but I think it's uh, it's a team that has a strong core to build around. So you don't necessarily have to fill all of those needs in one off season. As far as the cornerback position goes, I've been really pounding the table saying that the Raiders need to get uh, a lockdown corner. And my guy I've been targeting is Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. He's not going to be there at 22. Uh, I've been talking about the Raiders trading up to go get a guy like that. But uh, how about the cornerback class? What would it look like if they can't get a guy like Sauce? I think it's a relatively deep class. I think you can get some quality players well into day two. Um, and I agree with you. I love Sauce Gardner. I think he's you know, a fantastic man coverage corner. Um, cornerback is certainly a position that I could see them going. You know, back to the origin of this conversation, there's a number of different directions in which they could go. Cornerback is certainly one that would make sense for that franchise. I thought Casey Hayward played well, but, you know, he's getting to the point in his career where 
you're probably looking for his replacement, even if he does return. Um, so there's going to be a number of options. You've got Trent McDuffie and Kyler Gordon from Washington. You've got Sauce Gardner, who we've already discussed. Um, Derek Stingley is sliding a little bit, but I don't think he's going to be available for Las Vegas's pick. Uh, you've got Kyir Elam from Florida, and then you get into day two. You've got Tariq Woolen from Texas San Antonio. Uh, you've got a Caleb Evans from Missouri. I mean, there's there's a lot of options where you know you're just trying to find the best collection of talent. Um, you know, you're trying to fill your needs um, out of a couple of different buckets. So maybe you go defensive tackle round one, you go corner round two, maybe you go corner round one, defensive tackle round two. Um, it's just trying to find that best combination of talent with the draft capital that you do have. Do you think that this this uh, draft class is is heavier and deeper on the defensive side of the ball or offensive? Because we kind of always hear, you know, this there's a certain class that this is a great one if you need this type of player or these type of players. This is a great class for that. What would you say this class is is really kind of heavy with? I think it's a defensive class. Okay. Uh, you know, there's a lot of discussion about the edge rushers and maybe even Las Vegas is in the mix for an edge rusher, um, you know, to, to pair long-term with Max Crosby. Um, Unique Ngakwe was very effective this season, but, um, you know, is he living up to that high dollar billing that maybe he's going to command? I don't know. Um, but I, I do think it's a, a defensive draft because there's a lot more defensive tackle talent than we've seen in recent years. I like the linebacker depth well into day three. Nice. Um, the cornerbacks we've already discussed. There's not a lot of great options at the safety position, but I think when you look at where teams have been able to find value at the safety position, it has been into day two and day three um, in recent years. You know, you're really able to get some of those strong leadership skills, communicators in the secondary. Los, Los Angeles, the Rams, have, has done a great job of finding secondary depth on day three and into undrafted free agency. So there's a number of different ways to build your franchise, but I definitely believe that across the board, it's probably a defensive draft. Talk right now with Josh Edwards from CBSSports.com on Twitter at EdwardsCBS. And, you know, I, I know the Combine's right around the corner, and, you know, it's, everyone has their own feelings on the Combine. It's kind of the underwear Olympics. It's just a showcase of what you basically already know. But uh, it is something that everyone pays attention to. Is there anybody that you're kind of got your eye on at the Combine where it's like, hey, I just want to make sure that this is the guy I believe he is or, or just, you know, just kind of solidify your thoughts on someone? I'm curious to see how Purdue edge rusher George Karlaftis performs, uh, a guy that's commonly mocked in the in the first round. I have him as a top 10 player right now. He's not going to test as well as some of these other edge rusher freaks that we've seen in previous years. Um, but I think he's a really mature pass rusher, a guy that's going to fight through chips. He's going to um, you know, do the dirty work, win through double teams, all that kind of stuff that you – look for from a consistent long-term performer at the edge rusher position. Um, I want to see how he tests because when you look at him athletically, you might think he's a little limited, but I think he's a guy that's got a little bit more juice than what he's given credit for. Um, so that's one thing that I'm, I'm looking at, but like you said at the top of the question, like it's a lot of the stuff you kind of see on film, you know, this guy could run a four, five, four, four, whatever in the 40 yard dash but if it doesn't translate to the field then you know it doesn't really matter you look at randall cobb several years ago he didn't run a blazing fast you know 40 yard dash time but this is a guy that 
has an ability to get open on the football field. Hunter Renfro, perfect right. example. Right. A guy that, you know, is able to create separation through his breaks, his foot quickness, that kind of stuff. So, it, it you know, it, it's helpful to get numbers next to certain traits. Um, but really, you do have to rely on the film and what you've seen with your eyes. The Raiders in 2021, they grabbed the tackle in round one. That was uh, Alex Leatherwood. They ended up kicking him into guard. I personally don't think he's a tackle. I think he's best at guard. Uh, how deep would you say that this tackle class is? And are there a couple guys that you think, hey, maybe the Raiders will go ahead and address their right tackle position uh, at number 22? I would say that it is more deep than it is top-heavy necessarily. Okay. Um in the sense that I think you can find some developmental guys into day two, into day three. Um, you know, we had this very highly regarded offensive tackle class a couple of years ago with Tristan Wirfs. You had Andrew Thomas. You had Jedrick Wills. Um, Makai Becton was in that class. We've seen a lot of offensive talent over the past two years. Um but I think this class, probably the top guys fall a little bit behind that that tier of prospect. But I think you can get some guys that really have the athleticism and the talent that you could possibly cultivate into becoming a starter in the NFL. So, um, you know, maybe you look at Northern Iowa's Trevor Penning at number 22 overall. Maybe you look at uh, Bernard Raymond, the offensive tackle from Central Michigan, who is formerly a tight end that. Uh, comes from Austria that showed improvement on a weekly basis. There's options there, um, you know, and maybe you just decide to to kick the can down the road a little bit and take a chance on one of those developmental guys on day two or day three. Just got a couple more questions for you. How about the quarterback class? I keep hearing it's not very deep. You know, there's a couple names, obviously, that stand out. But uh, do you think that there may be teams that, since there's only a handful of quarterbacks that are even being talked about really in the first round, that there may be teams that kind of either trade up or, or you know, really good, talented guys fall because the quarterbacks, there's only a handful of them and, and teams got to go get them quick? It's possible. I think that's one of the bigger wild cards in this draft class is how willing a team like Pittsburgh or New Orleans might be to trade up in this draft um, and give up future draft capital for a player that's probably not on the same level as the type of talent that we saw at the quarterback position in last year's draft class. Um, it certainly will impact the value. It's probably more in line with the year that we saw uh, the Jets trade up from six to three with the Colts in exchange for three second round picks. You know, so maybe you're not getting multiple future first round picks in return, but I do think there's going to be a market for some teams that might look up to get into the lower single digits or early teens to get a quarterback. Maybe there's, you know, a team that is locked in on one of those elite cornerbacks like we discussed earlier, Ahmad Gardner or Derek Stingley Jr. Maybe somebody is motivated to move up and get one of those players when you look at the growing intensity of passing in this league. Right. Um, so, you know, I don't think that the trade market is going to be quite what we saw last year, but there's always going to be a market for movement. So um, while it's not going to be as flashy, I definitely think that that's probably one of the more interesting storylines 
that we have entering this draft class. Finally, in your latest mock draft on CBSSports.com, you have the Raiders taking defensive lineman Jordan Davis from Georgia. That's a guy we talked about earlier, uh, talking about he get the, the Raiders get younger and more uh, effective up the middle uh, and helps helps Max Crosby and Unique and Gakwe. As far as putting together your mock drafts, I mean, it's it's full board draft season now. Uh, how, how many of these do you expect to put up on uh, CBSSports.com between now and, and late April when the draft actually hits? <laughs> Yeah, between now and April, um, we do one every single week. So for me personally, that probably amounts to, what, 12? Okay. And 12, somewhere in that range at this point. But we've been doing this since uh, like August or September or something like that. (laughs) So it's, it's been a weekly occurrence. I try to mix it up a little bit on a weekly basis and try to have a little bit of fun with it. Try to give some other perspective um, as to what could happen, because last year nobody really thought that the Broncos were in the mix for a cornerback right. after signing Kyle Fuller. And then, you know, they go and they take Patrick Sertan the second, which immediately changes draft plans for a team like the Cowboys, who everybody pegged as being a team that needed a cornerback. So we had these surprises every single year. Um, and while fans don't think that it's likely or maybe it doesn't fall into their particular agenda, you have to be, you know, you got to be quick on your feet. You got to be able to adjust in those type of situations where a team that you did not expect to take one of the players that you covet is suddenly off the board. Um, so I try to have fun with it every week. Um, the defensive tackle position, obviously, you know, as it regards to uh, Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis is not an Aaron Donald type player. You know, he's right. not going to push the pocket like, what we saw against Joe Burrow and the Bengals in the Super Bowl, but a guy that, you know, if you've had trouble stopping the run, which Las Vegas has, the Chargers have, there's a number of teams. um, That's a situation where you go all in, you take a guy that is probably primarily run defense based. um, And you just say, Hey, I'm going to lean into this. I'm going to solve one problem in one fluid motion. And then we can address the rest of the team you know, throughout the draft. So that's kind of the thought process behind taking Davis there in the first round. I like it. I mean, I think that defense is a, is a great way to go. Uh, I have no problem with that. Uh, Jordan Davis obviously was on that Georgia defense that was outstanding, uh, went ahead and, and no won the national championship. So you can't really complain about that at all. So uh, good stuff. I mean, really good stuff. I enjoy reading uh, your work and, and, and your colleagues' work there on CBSSports.com, checking out your mock drafts. And you're going to do about 12 of them. We're not going uh, <laughs> to do 12 of them with you, but we're going to check in. If it's okay, we'll check in with you every couple weeks, uh, especially as it gets closer and closer to the draft just to see how things have changed player stock going up player stock that are going down and uh, how it may look around you know a little bit later on throughout the process so uh, we do definitely appreciate you absolutely man i'm happy to join you anytime so just let me know there he goes, Josh Edwards, CBSSports.com, on Twitter at EdwardsCBS. Fantastic job, and it is officially mock draft season. It's officially the draft season. Of course, I know free agency is still on the way. That will dictate a lot, but uh, it's, like, it's nice to take a little early deep dive into the NFL draft coming up at the end of April. So good stuff right there from Josh. And as a matter of fact, speaking of good stuff, why don't I go ahead and hook you up with good stuff? Six-foot port-a-sub, uh, six-foot sandwich for port-a-subs. I'm going to hook up right now, plus get you in to win a Yeti cooler. That is fantastic. We did it throughout the course of the NFL season. Uh, we have a few more to give away, so let's go ahead and do it right now. Caller number nine is what 
I'm looking for 702-365-9200. Again, looking for call number nine to get you in to win that Yeti cooler, get you hooked up with a six-foot sub from Porta Subs. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Raider Raider Nation, this is Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Radio Station 920. Say Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation Radio Station 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Got to give big ups to Jeff. Call number nine. Got hooked up with a six-foot sub from Porta Subs. Also in to win the Yeti Cooler. Got more of those on the way. Supposed to give them out like once a week. I'll, I'll give out another one tomorrow. Don't you worry about it. My man Craig in the promotions department, he always makes sure he stays on my helmet. Huge, you give out your giveaways? Nah, I start talking too much. My bad. So I'm going to try to continue to do that. Make sure I don't be messing up. But I do want to hear from you. We had a really good conversation with Josh. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation. And I apologize. A couple people texted in on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword r and I always tell you, text in if you want me to ask one of our guests a question. And you did. And I forgot to ask. And I forgot to check. So I apologize. But I had a couple people chime in. Uh, Trevor Penning, offensive tackle, Northern Iowa. Can you ask about him? Uh, I'll make sure to do that uh, on the next time. Matter of fact, uh, tomorrow we'll have a draft guy on as well. So uh, I'll ask him about that. And then also uh, Fargo Raider wanted us to, ask to ask about a couple players as well. And I'll do that uh, with tomorrow's show or on tomorrow's show with another draft guy. So uh, thank you for those texts. I do apologize for not getting into it. I did want to let you know that coming up at 3.30, we do have a new uh, new guest that we added to the, the lineup for today's show. And uh, that's going to be my guy, uh, Tim Watkins from BearsIllustrated.com. And the reason I'm having him on is to talk about Jalen Petrie. He's the safety uh, for Baylor, who did a really good job at the Senior Bowl and is getting a lot of attention and actually could really turn into a first-round pick. He's a guy that I, I saw a lot when he was at Baylor. And I thought that he was a really good player. I didn't think he was a first-round pick, but I'm starting to see mock drafts as I'm starting to do a deep dive where he's actually penciled in as a first-round pick towards the end of the first round, but a potential first-round pick. So I want to get Tim's thoughts on Jalen Petrie, a safety that, to me, just from what I saw, kind of reminds me a little bit of the Honey Badger. That's kind of the size. He's a ball hawk like that. And I think the the Honey Badger was a hell of a safety. So That's high praise. Uh, it is, but that's that's kind of similar to... To what he is to me, to that that's just that's his style. Uh, he's just kind of honey badger esque. Let's put it like that. So uh, we'll talk to Tim Watkins from BearsIllustrated.com coming up at three thirty. But let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line at seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Let's talk to our guy Lunar. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, uh, we don't have to pay anything for Brady and those nine Pro Bowlers. You know they're going to surface somewhere. Let's just have uh, McDaniel bring him in. Okay, you talking about the guys that uh, in, in Tampa Bay that that become free agents? Hell yeah! It's like when Godwin went down, it was almost like Brady knew he was coming here. Oh, you think Brady's gonna gonna go, go to Vegas? He ain't retiring, dude. He, he ain't gonna be Vegas. a Raider. <laughs> He's coming here. Okay, nine all pros. They're just waiting to see where he wants to take them. Okay, all right, fair enough. Oh, go back. This year, man, they can't let that Super Bowl. Super Bowl in 2024 go somewhere else. We're going to win it. All right. I like your thoughts. I like your thoughts. Thank you for the call. I appreciate you. All right. Be there. All right, man. Good stuff. Hey, man, that's a hell of a theory. Hey, man. Hey, somebody's got to think outside the box. Uh, That's that's way outside the box. I mean, that is way outside the box. I don't don't see that. I don't see it happening. I'm not saying that Brady's going to retire, 
Uh, I, I could, you know, I could see him not retiring. I don't think that he's going to do what a lot of people are suggesting, that all of a sudden in week eight he's going to come back. I don't see that. Tom Brady, I believe if he's going to play, he's going to play from the beginning of the season. I mean, he's going to be all in for the whole season. I don't, I don't see him coming in halfway through the season, but that's just me. So, all right, Lunar thinks that Brady and, and all the free agents that are, are leaving Tampa Bay are going to head this way. I will say, uh, Leonard Fournette, I was pounding the table when Jacksonville cut him. I was pounding the table saying Leonard Fournette would have been a hell of a compliment to Josh Jacobs. I still think Leonard Fournette would be a hell of a compliment to Josh Jacobs. He's he's just just the, the style that he runs. He could he could be something. He could be something. And and we all know that Josh McDaniels wants to have multiple running backs in that backfield. So uh, if the price is right, I wouldn't mind seeing Leonard Fournette in the in the backfield for the silver and black. But that's just me. Let's go out to the four hundred eight and talk to our guy Big Jose in San Jose. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Mm. Just kidding. He hung up. All right, Big Jose. That's all right. We had now we had a caller that didn't want to be on the air, but they said, "What did they say about trading back in the draft?" He said, "Q, let's trade." Because he, he told me he only wanted to tell me. He said, "Tell Q, trade those picks down, and let's just pick at thirty-two for what? I don't know. I don't know. He didn't. Just he didn't collect, elaborate. Just to collect extra picks? Yes. He didn't elaborate on what he would want to trade down all the way to thirty-two. I mean, now if there's a certain target that you're saying, okay, hey, this is a, a guy that's an early second round guy, but if uh, the team were to trade back to to number thirty two and collect some extra picks and then target this guy, then I, I can maybe get on board with that conversation. But just trading, just to trade, and this year would be the Lions, and I don't know what the Lions have in their in their draft chest to like what they would even be able to offer. But you would be trading with the Lions to get that thirty second pick. Well, they need it. They need. I mean, they need as much help as possible. So them moving up, I, I kind of. Don't think that that's going to be something that they do, only because they need to get as much as many bodies in there, you know. That so I, I don't know. Um, again, if if you want to call back and give us what the target is, you know, what you're trading backwards for. If hey, this guy is a is a early second round pick, but if you go grab him at number thirty two, then you get a fifth round or you get a a fifth year option on him, and you still get to collect a couple extra picks. Then okay, then we could have that conversation. But like I said, just to just to trade, just to be trading. I'm not signing up for that. If I'm going to trade, if I'm thinking about trading, I'm thinking about trading up. I'm not thinking about trading back. 258 the time. We'll come back, kick off hour number two of the show. We'll do it with cover three. NFL news and notes of the day. This is Rare Nation Radio 920.